0: And that's when, whenever you decide to do something, you've got to give it 110%. Uh, and, and giving it 100%, 10% involves grit, involves sacrifice, uh, blood, sweat, tears, time, money. Um, and so, Oros is ancient Greek for mountain. Yes, uh, It is a symbolic representation of the climb, of the journey that comes along with reaching the peak and all the sacrifices, uh, 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 that come with it. Hi
1: everybody. David Schwab here. Welcome back to beyond high street. I'm psyched to bring this conversation to life. This is awesome. Uh, the first question I posed to Michael Marksberry is tell me about the astronaut scholarship you got. So, It's a little bit of a tease, so when we start the conversation, you'll hear that's where we begin. Michael graduated college in 2015. 2015. He's been out of school for three years, but the business, Oros Oros Apparel, that he runs now uh, with Reith, a a co-founder and also pre-med major at Miami together, they've been working on it for six years. How? Just listen to the pod. These guys were doing apparel demo, apparel demos and figuring out this business uptown, above skippers, above U-Shop, above Chipotle and everything else. While everyone was running around campus, this is what these guys were spending their time doing. What they've accomplished in this short amount of time is remarkable. A couple series of funding from venture capitalists, a consumer product. of their sales is on their own e-commerce platform, orosapparel.com. Certainly go and buy some product, but first, have a listen to the pod.
0: The Astronaut Scholarship is a scholarship given uh, on behalf of uh, NASA and uh, the Apollo astronauts. Uh, And it was given to me my sophomore year of college uh, at Miami. Uh, I was uh, a bit of a science geek, uh, and I was pre-med. And, you know, when you're pre-med, you have a chance to get into med school. you got to join a research lab and get a series of publications on whatever you're working on and happened to be working in a lab on campus uh, that was working on a potential uh, therapeutic treatment for diabetes. And uh, I got very lucky. I didn't know much, but uh, the lab had a, a, a cool breakthrough, and through the breakthrough, uh, I was able to co-author some papers. And through those papers, uh, uh, I uh, got the scholarship from, from, the, from NASA, from the astronaut
1: scholarship. Right, so how did you even know that there was such an astronaut scholarship out there. Do you take those papers and submit it back to Miami or does someone find you? How's that work? I, how did I find out about that? I, uh, I think it
0: might've been through Miami's honors program. Uh, I don't remember how I found out about it, but, uh, those guys have been uh, absolutely amazing. So this, this is a funny story. Um, They brought me, uh, every couple years, um, uh, the Astronaut Scholarship in NASA introduced some new astronauts into the United States Hall of Fame. Um, And for some reason, this year, they decided to have me uh, speak at the induction ceremony Uh, for for two new astronauts into the Hall of Fame and it was the most surreal amazing experience Uh, you know I've stayed on a bus and it's all of these legendary astronauts like you know the guy that landed the space shuttle on Mir during the Cold War Uh, uh, it's the the guy that put the Hubble telescope into space and you know me on a bus so Uh, what's
1: going through your mind as you're on that bus with these guys (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you know, they, they put it perfectly, um, uh, you know, so I knew who, who a majority of them were. And so we're talking about that. And, you know, they would always turn and ask me, so what do you do? <laughs> and I, <laughs> you know, there's just nothing that you can say that would that would even come close to you know comparing to what those guys and, and, and women have done, and it's it's uh, that's what was going through my head that whole time. It was an amazing weekend. We're all in the same hotel, and uh, it was an absolute blast. I think I formed a lot of friendships there too. Yeah, so that it, was
1: cool. What what'd you learn? What did you learn out of some of those conversations with those astronauts that are possibly your parents' age, your grandparents' age, both of them? <laughs>
0: Yeah, most are most are probably closer to grandparents, and uh, you know, uh, the thing that surprised me most um, was the level of humility. Um, you know, these these men and women have done things, uh, incredible things that no one else has come close to doing, uh, and. Uh, you know, just the, the focus on how, uh, unimportant what they did was and, and how great the team was uh how it's not about them it's about you know everyone that made it possible uh the quote used over and over and over the whole weekend was you're standing on the shoulders of giants so a lot of it was the astronauts that came before us it was the team and and, and that really resonated with me and that was incredible to see you know uh people that i idolize heroes kind of humanizing themselves and, and talking about how you know uh
1: the level of humility that they have it was amazing and so you go from going pre-med not too long ago, right? Just a couple of years out of school, um, to getting an astronaut scholarship. And then how does just the NASA, uh, and your interest in science outside of medicine, where does that evolve?
0: Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, a little bit prior to receiving that astronaut scholarship, uh, I, I, uh, took a little bit of time off and I, 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 went backpacking through Europe. Uh, coolest thing I did was I climbed the tallest mountain in the Northeast Swiss Alps. Uh, it was called Santis and amazing experience, except for one thing. Uh, uh, have you ever seen the movie, a Christmas story? Yes. It's on Rer- Okay, sure, cool. Yeah. Uh, you times. remember th- who hasn't uh you remember the scene where ralphie's younger brother randy like gets dressed up by his mom comes out in that big red puffy coat right Goes can't put my arms down you know what i'm talking about yes uh that is dead on what i look like on top of this mountain like tons of bulk tons of layers uh and so you know uh it was through that astronaut scholarship that i learned about this this nasa technology called aerogel uh and you know there, it pitches to me as the lowest thermal conductive solid on the planet, which means per unit thickness, it's the best insulation in the world. Like so good that NASA was using this stuff to insulate the the, the space shuttles and the Mars rovers, and insulate all of this stuff in space. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, and space is, I'm, I'm sure you know, really, 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 cold. Um, uh, it can be as cold as two degrees above absolute zero. So I'm, I'm hearing all of this and thinking like, wait a minute, you have this insulation that you're using in the best torture tests in the universe space, but it's not being commercialized in apparel. Like, what are we missing here? Right. Back to when I looked like Ralphie uh, uh, on top of this mountain. Uh, here's a beautiful solution wrapped in a silver bow. Uh, 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 and I remember right before an organic chemistry exam, pitching the idea to uh, uh, my best friend and now co-founder, Ritvick Benna. I said, like, dude, what if we took this, this NASA space shuttle insulation, this aerogel stuff, and put it into apparel so you could have really thin gear that actually keeps you warm? And his eyes lit up. He's like, dude, yeah, I I hate being cold. I'm like, same here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so we ended up taking that, that a lot of the money, uh, in our savings account and some of the money from that, that scholarship and dumped it into working, um, Uh, with aerogel manufacturers. Uh, I found out really quickly (laughs) why why no one else has ever done this before. It turned out that if you type aerogel into Google and press images, you'll see this, you know, this light blue looking aerogel. And that's the aerogel that NASA use. And uh, best insulation in the universe. One problem is if you poke it, it shatters into a thousand little pieces. Uh, So very bad news bears for apparel. Uh, And so our passion project from sophomore years of college to senior years became, you know, how do you take this incredibly brittle, amazing insulation and make it flexible and durable for use in apparel? Uh, And through a lot of trial and error, uh, ended up with, uh, two years later, blowing through all the money we had, but figured out a way to take really small particles of aerogel and embed it into a closed-cell foam, so you get the flexibility and the durability of foam insulation performance of the aerogel. That became our proprietary product called SolarCore. Crazy enough, it 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 worked. <laughs> uh, we've tested it against uh, almost every insulation in the market. I think our CTO is up to like 250, uh, and, and 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 we have yet to find one that beats it. Um, uh, and so that was the genesis of uh, the tech and then you had two science kids living in a dorm room had no idea how to build a business uh and um uh didn't know how, how to make a product so we cold called manufacturers overseas um one was nice enough to actually pick up the phone uh and prototype for free uh that's the one we went with made a okay jacket called the lucla jacket and our senior years of college launched it on kickstarter kind of with our fingers crossed and a goal of 100 grand
1: all right, uh, so I've got a I've got a million questions. Let me let me go yeah. back. Go uh, explain CTO two hundred and fifty.
0: Oh yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, CTO uh, is chief technology officer, yep. uh, and, and it's a guy by the name of Jeff Nash.
1: Um,
0: and Jeff Nash, before working with Oros, uh, ran innovation and materials for the North Face for about seven years. Uh, ironically, at the same time that Joe Flannery. Uh, I was head of global marketing at the North Face, um, and uh, 250 is the number of installations in the market that we've tested. Uh, so whether that be Goose Down, whether that be closed cell phones, whether that be synthetic insulations uh, and tested their thermal performance, whether that be, you know, uh, in, in, in a majority of applications in the world, you have R-Value, uh, very similar to that in, in the clothing world in the apparel world is what's called Clo-Value, uh, same thing as R, just slightly different. Um, uh, and, and every single application we've beaten, uh, 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 every installation we've tested, um, which is pretty cool.
1: And to the and to the audience, check out Joe Flannery, also another Miami alum who's on the pod. Was on a few weeks ago. Uh, where were you in the dorm or in a fraternity or uptown at Skippers? Where were you doing these demos? <laughs>
0: Uh, so a majority were, uh, in an apartment above Fiesta Chara, uh, <laughs> is where we spent a majority of our time. Uh, uh, Fiesta Chara was senior year and I think junior year, a lot of work was done as well. And that was in an apartment above Chipotle.
1: That's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got demos going on uptown. And then you put on Kickstarter with a goal of 100,000. What happens 24 hours, the first 24 hours of being on Kickstarter?
0: Yeah, so you know, we didn't know what to expect, and, and, and for us, a hundred thousand was our split. Like, uh, if we hit a hundred grand, we tried this whole oros thing. Otherwise, Plan B was was med school. Uh, launched the Kickstarter, and thirty six hours later, ended up with uh, raising one hundred and twenty five, one hundred and twenty five grand. And,
1: and um, how did people know to find you, or what was it on Kickstarter in thirty six hours that got the immediate momentum?
0: Yep. Uh, So uh, we didn't have a lot of capital, but we were scrappy enough uh, to figure out how to get a little bit of PR attention. Uh, And so we were very lucky uh, in that, um, you know, CNET is one of the most visited websites in the world for media and news. Um, and the day we launched our Kickstarter campaign was the same day the, uh, the 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 Apple Watch came out. And on the cover of CNET that day, or on their homepage, uh, the the biggest portion of their homepage was the release of the Apple Watch. And in a very small, tiny right corner in the upper right was the uh, Lukla jacket launched by Oros on Kickstarter uh, that was <laughs> one of the coolest moments. And we took a screenshot of it. Uh, and so that was, that was a huge help, uh, initially.
1: Yeah. It, it, uh, you, you don't want to go back to know if you had launched a day before or a day after, and it wasn't Apple watch. We'll just take that as a positive, but wow, what, what a difference 24 hours can make in something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, so so you've, you've already reached your goal. You're 36 hours in what happens next?
0: Yeah, uh, we closed our Kickstarter campaign 30 days later at 320 grand, and that was the start of Oros. Uh, our senior years of college uh, graduated in May 2015, uh, and a couple, <laughs> a couple of things have happened uh, since then. Uh, what grew from two guys in a in a in a college apartment and college dorm room mm-hmm. is now a team of 10 people. Uh, and will be 20 by the end of the year um, on top of that we uh, have raised several rounds of, of capital uh, uh, of venture capital and partner with some amazing venture capital firms uh, uh, and strategic investors who uh, have been absolutely amazing for our success
1: and, um, and why the name of the company
0: yeah so you know I uh, I, Rith and I, uh, Rithik is uh, co-founder and COO. Uh, when we started the company, we you know, both believe one thing. Um, and that's when, whenever you decide to do something, you've got to give it 110%. Uh, and, and giving it 100%, 10% involves grit, involves sacrifice, uh, blood, sweat, tears, time, money. Um, and so, Oros is ancient Greek for mountain. Uh, it is a symbolic representation of the climb, of the journey that comes along with reaching the peak, and all the sacrifices uh, 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 that come with it. Um, that's Oros.
1: And and what did you? And before we even talk about the the financing rounds and what the business has done the last three years, what did you promise? Uh, your audience on kickstarter in the race
0: yeah uh so the most common backing was if you pledged a certain amount of money i think it was in around 300 uh you got a lucalo jacket and you were going to get this Lucla jacket uh at some point in the near future like three or four months uh and that that was the return and we were fortunate enough to be one of the campaigns that actually. Not just met our goal uh, and delivered on the products, but actually
1: delivered early, uh, which is cool. It's great. It's always interesting yet yeah, to know yeah. what, what the actual offering was a couple of years later.
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: All right, so now you've got a company. You've got $300,000. So before you start raising um, more VC money or get some strategics, uh, I'm sure there's work to be done to perfect the product. Um, how, how are you starting to sell? Or are you not selling then and you're still on the manufacturing and the operation side of getting a product that you think works?
0: Right. Uh, the second the Kickstarter campaign was over, we had work to do. Uh, you know, we had a couple prototypes uh, and we were two kids still without really a solid idea of how to build a company. Um, and so the first immediate do was set up the supply chain and the operations, uh, uh, or finalize the supply chain and the operations to make sure we can deliver on the promise we just made to our backers, Um, uh, which involved several trips to Asia, uh, which involved uh, a lot of back and forth uh, with the varying degrees of our supply chain. Uh and then uh the next step was, you know, to continue driving revenue via uh building our own e-commerce platform. Uh uh and <laughs> uh V1 of that e commerce platform was made on about six grand. Uh and <laughs> was not great, but it worked. Uh and so I think one of the things we've learned uh over the past couple of years is that, you know, uh entrepreneurship and building a business isn't about making it perfect the first time uh, it's about getting something out there testing learning and pivoting uh, uh, which I think is incredibly interesting is that is very similar to science and the scientific method and how
1: you generate a hypothesis right and was uh, Reith, and was wreath also in pre-med with you or did he have a business uh, degree coming out of Miami?
0: No, both Rith and I were 100% uh, pre-med. Yes. Uh, we were both
1: meant to be doctors, yeah. <laughs> just just doctors of business. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Doctors uh, of business. Uh, but but obviously listening to you, and I'm sure you've learned a ton every single day on the business side. Did, did you feel back then, and when you thought you needed to build a supply chain and go to Asia, who... Who told you that? How did you know that was your first step, or why did you decide that was your first step?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I think two things were huge for us, and, and one, and 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 uh, they they continue to still be a big aspect. Uh, so, you know, uh, Ruth and I acknowledged that when 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 you know we we saw the hundred thousand dollar ticker met uh, that. Uh, we were a little in over our heads. You, here were two 22-year-olds who knew very little about business uh, about to go venture on this new path. And so uh, the first thing we did is we put an advisory board around us of people that knew way more than we did about different sects of our business, a majority of which... Uh, Uh, those advisors are somehow tied to Miami. Uh, So uh, just to name a couple... Uh, one, again, is, is Joe Flannery. Uh, Joe is a Miami alum, uh, was the head of global marketing at the North Face, and, and today is uh, the general manager of Marmot, uh, fourth largest outdoor brand in the world. Um, uh, Dr. Tim Holcomb, uh, who you know very well, uh, is a professor of entrepreneurship at Miami and has started and sold many businesses and was one of the first supporters and believers of Oros. Uh another is a, a man by the name of Pat O'Brien who has uh, started and sold many companies, division president at Monster Worldwide, the job search site, uh, also a Miami grad. Um, and all of the oh uh, and then Sean Lane, who uh uh started and sold a company uh to the Department of Defense, uh, also a Miami Miami grad. Uh and the other ones that aren't Miami grads are somehow connected to Miami in some way. And so, you know, the first thing was building this advisory board uh, of really talented people uh, who I could rely on, uh, of which Miami was a big, a big connector there, especially for us early. Uh, and then Rith and I also joined Miami's Institute for Entrepreneurship uh, just to get a taste of, you know, what does a business model canvas look like? How do you think about building a business? All of those other things.
1: So now you're now you've got supply chain going. You've gone to Asia. You're maybe over your head, but not as much before. What's the first, I guess, break or opportunity from a retail perspective, or the ability to sell the product?
0: Yeah, uh, that was when we got our first e-commerce platform up, uh, and you know, uh, we used the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, not just to validate traction for the business, but then to use that validation of traction to go and raise capital. Uh, and uh, that was a beautiful thing uh, because I, don't, I doubt we would have been able to raise capital without that validation of traction, the validation of the business funnel we were trying to create. And so once we had you know this first round of capital, uh, not just from Kickstarter, but this venture capital, uh, that was a huge break. That allowed us to start to build a team of e-commerce experts and in operations experts uh, to start building uh, the next great direct-to-consumer apparel brand um, and technology brand. And that's that. That was huge. Uh,
1: and did you try to do more of a seed or friends and family round before going straight to venture cap, or was the Money need great enough that you felt you needed more institutional money.
0: Uh, The first round uh, was called a seed round, okay, Uh, but it was venture capital. It was institutional backing, Uh, and you know, uh, part of that reason was the the need for capital, Mm -hmm. uh, which was the goes back to the rate of growth we were after. Uh, and so we found great partners both locally in Ohio uh, and outside of Ohio to uh, support the business.
1: And you're you're now th- I'd say three years in, but you're really seven years in or six years in from one of those original <laughs> ideas. Why why now? And it's obviously still in the growth stage. But why do you look back and say? Another apparel company didn't do this, and I and I get the difficulty of it because we talked about that and what did you what you needed to perfect, but there are still R and D and big research and development operations at a lot of big apparel companies. What do you, what do you think it was?
0: Yeah, um, you know I, I I think you can attribute it to a couple things, um, and I think it's how you kind of slice the pie. But for me. Uh, I think a big part of it is how we approach building an apparel brand uh, and what Oros deems as important compared to uh, a lot of the industry players. Um, It's a little bit different when you get the footwear and a couple other industries, but in apparel, um, most apparel brands... uh, focus a majority of their, their capital uh, and their resources on marketing and branding, which are still amazingly important for any brand. Um, but the innovation departments, the materials departments, don't normally create new materials from the chemical level up. Hmm. They actually rely on fabric mills or the creators of the fabrics, totally separate from the brands, for creation of these new technologies. Oros views that a little bit differently. Uh, We first look at the needs of the consumers and instead of trying to create product uh, and market it to the needs of the consumers, we try to create new materials from the chemical level up uh, to address the problems. So we have a slightly different business model than a majority of the brands in the space. Uh, and we believe that paradigm shift from what I would consider the dinosaur brands, uh, uh, and actually creating, you know, new new ways of solving problems outside of stitching lines and outside of you know we're to switch the fabrics here is is a crucial ingredient uh, uh, for solving some of the big problems in apparel today.
1: And where is the business now? Yeah. So
0: uh, the business today, uh, we've been growing a minimum of 250% year over year. uh, And we continue uh, and expect to do that uh, for the upcoming years. Uh, I think what's been amazing for me is, you know, when you go from two people who are founders and you get your your first set of, of teammates of nine and you see people start to buy in and you see people uh, you know, get into the office before you, stay a little bit later, and you see them buy into the vision of what you're trying to create. Um, our end goal for Oros, the reason why we're doing what we're doing, is we want to completely revolutionize and disrupt how you wear apparel. And what I mean by that is uh, our end goal is to create a long sleeve t-shirt that you can wear sub-freezing and still stay warm we want to create a long sleeve t-shirt made totally out of aerogel that replaces all of your outwear uh, and I think it's that vision that drives us every single day that's, that's what we're after uh, and you know, we believe our products we know our products are revolutionary and we're excited to
1: get to our ambition and that's great I'm mean, just trying to close my eyes and, and picture that when we're packing our, packing our car with three kids heading north somewhere and recognizing what you need to put in your suitcase. What do, what do consumers say or how do they find out about you? Is is your site still the leading, I guess, uh, customer acquisition? Are you still doing it most off e-commerce or yourself or retailers? Where, where is business now from that perspective and, and what your consumers say?
0: yeah uh, we are hundred percent direct to consumer online on our own e-commerce platform so VR website uh, that's an important ingredient for the next couple of years uh, eventually at some point we might have to consider brick and mortar but logistically speaking margin speaking it's it's a it's a rough path to go down uh, especially you know uh, with really solid customer acquisition costs, uh, which we've been fortunate enough to have, uh, a lot due to solid PR generation. Um, we have little incentive at this point to consider brick and mortar, uh, outside of, you know, trying to build more of experience for the consumer. I doubt in the next five years that brick and mortar will be a revenue driver for the business. Um, uh, and so we are hundred percent online through our own platform. And funny enough, uh, uh, the consumer rating of satisfaction has been pretty amazing. One of my favorite stories is, um, uh, every, every season, uh, as we approach dead winter, I'll email consumers, uh, and I'll ask for feedback. I'll ask for advice from just so that I can know what people are thinking and, 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 you know, uh, what they think about the product, what they like, what they dislike, and one of the responses I got was from a man by the name of Sunny Vu. Uh, and Sunny Vu, uh, as I learned eventually, was a serial entrepreneur. Uh, started and sold several businesses. Uh, my favorite of his was called Misfit Wearables, which uh, he started in 2012, sold in 2016 for a little over a quarter billion dollars to Fossil. Uh, and Sonny loved his product so much, loved the Oros product so much, that he's now actually investing in this financing round. Uh, so, very small world uh, and how it comes full circle, but uh, the, the response has been pretty incredible.
1: What do you take it back? I, I often in these pods talk. And and ask the business executive to go back and try to remember about Miami. That was uh, 36 months ago for you. So, what what are the tips, or what do you what do you most remember about school, and what do you say to the 18 year old right now who is pre med or archaeology or any sort of subject? that is just trying to find their way right now, as, as for them, sometimes maybe a year out of high school.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and this, this may seem weird or odd, but I, I look back on Miami, uh, and, yeah, you know, I had some great times out, and, and you know, you can't beat the, the fries at Skippers. Uh, but I've realized that the night that I actually, the nights that I remember most, are the nights of just uh, me being with my core friend group whatever it is that we're doing uh, whether that's studying at the library until four in the morning whether that's uh, uh, you know working on this business with with riff uh, at uh, farmer School of Business um, uh, until two in the morning uh, and so I, for me there was something about uh, and, I, and I think this is evident even in our business today there was something about, the creating a family culture and the grit, uh, uh, the moments that I remember most are the moments where I was, where I struggled the most and the moments where I was challenged the most, uh, uh, and the grit that came with that, not necessarily the nights of, uh, you know, uh, uh seeing how hard I could party. And, and, and that's, that for me was my most memorable ex- experience. And so I think. What I took away from that is, you know, your four years, your time in college, uh, find what's going to push you, find what's going to challenge you, what's going to push you to the next level uh, uh, and and, and take advantage of that. Because I think that's what you're that's what you're going to remember the most.
1: Wow, that fires me up. Michael's an inspiration to anybody in college right now, anyone in their 20s, geez, 30s, 40s and 50s. I love the name Oros and what he talks about. Ancient Greek for the mountain or for mountain. It's all about the climb and the journey and giving it 110% effort. Man, isn't that what life's all about? Uh, I'm rooting for this guy. I think they're onto something huge. And again, check it out, OrosApparel.com. Support these guys. This is uh, homegrown at Miami. Pretty cool. Thanks, Michael, for taking some time. See you all at Skipper's.